missionaries. But now, here's the Lord showing Paul, hey, this same power is for something else. It's not just a witness. Because this is what it's saying. Everybody in here, would y'all agree with this? The Christian life is impossible. It's an impossible life to live. You, if you ain't got that yet, you'll get it. You'll find that. You can't do it. Okay? What the Lord was saying to Paul, Paul was saying, you know, man, I just can't do it. I'm just too weak to do it. And, Paul, and the Lord was saying, that's exactly right, Paul. And when you realize your weakness, when you realize your inability to do it, that's when my dunamis power will come on you. That's what he said. It'll come on you, not just to be a witness or a preacher or a miracle worker or a singer, but it'll come on you just to live the Christian life. That's what he's saying there. And here's the key to getting that power. is to embrace your weaknesses. To rejoice in your weaknesses. That's how, you, you, that's how the power of Christ will come on you. You could do it like this. You're going to pray for somebody sick. Oh, God, I can't heal this person. It's not in me. And the Lord's saying, great. It's not. That's weak. You're weak. Rejoice in it. Be glad you can't. Be glad you don't have a gift of healing. Because in your weakness, my power can rest upon you. But it could even be better. Because then you left, left the meeting after you prayed for the person and you went home and you realized, they're gone. I was really blessed at church, but I don't feel so hot now. I'm, I'm mad now. How am I going to quit being mad? How am I going to quit cussing? How am I going to quit drinking? How am I going to quit smoking? How am I going to quit doing any of that? When you realize you can't. How am I going to be a good Christian? I can't. How am I going to pray every day? I can't. That's when the power will come. How am I going to stop sinning? I can't stop sinning. And Paul will say, I'm happy about that. I'm glorying in that. And y'all ain't glorying in it. I'm not glorying in it. We haven't gloried in our weakness. We haven't gloried in our weakness. We've been strong. We're strong Christians. We've been Christians 28 years. We can do all this stuff. Yeah. Instead of saying, no, I've been a Christian for 28 years. I'm the sorriest thing there ever was, and I always will be. I'm not going to change. When I mess up, I don't get surprised anymore. It's just me. I'm just messed up. I'm always going to be messed up. I'm not trying to fix me. I'm really not. I'm through fixing me. I've tried forever to fix me. I don't have to fix me no more. I'm saying, yay, thank you, Lord, I can't do it. Because I don't have to do it. I'm relieved of the duty. You can do it for me. I just offer myself. I yield myself for you to do it in and through me. Did y'all get that? It means we lay down all our human strength. And that's when this kind of power can come upon you and rest on you to enable you to live your Christian life and to do what God's called you to do. That's an aspect of the resurrection. But it's not going to work until you absolutely empty yourself of yourself, of your trying, of your striving. Your rules, your regulations. And when you do that, then that power can come on you. And it will not, be, it will not rest on you because Paul says it. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's what the Lord said. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, well, heck, I'm going to be glad about my weakness. I'm going to boast in them. Is that not the Bible? That's the Bible. It says to be glad about your weakness. Somebody jump up and shout out what their weakness is and rejoice over it. I'm serious. What's your weakness, Doug? Everything. He's saying everything. He's happy. I can't do any of it. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, I will boast in my prayers that the power of Christ 
may rest upon me. That's profound. That will change your life. His power will rest on you to do it on you. That is profound. So every day you can get up, daggone, I'm so happy I can't do it. (laughs) I'm wanting to sin, Lord, so bad I can't stand it. I'm going to if I try not to. So I'm not going to try not to. I'm asking you to come and try through me and do it. He don't try, he just does it. And you won't. You'll certainly start losing the desire to sin. It works. All right, the second one was working. According to his working back there in Ephesians. Here's what this means. This is cool. Remember I said death is the ultimate weakness. So we're weak as water. Have no energy if you're dead, right? The second word for working, it means the energy of the resurrection, the power that worked to bring Jesus from the dead. And now we're working us to energize. Everybody say energize. Energize our lives in Him. The first one was power to do. The second one is energy to do. See, I can be the strongest guy in this room. I could just flat bench press more than anybody. Right, Edison? Nathan? You know, 360 pounds? I'm at 370, man. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm not. It would kill me. It would crush my chest. But you can be stronger than ox, but have no energy. I don't feel like going to work out. You see what I'm saying? So not only do you have this power working that's on you, there's another power aspect of resurrection. There's energy. I mean, you know, you see young kids that's got all this energy, and you wish you had this energy to do, 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 go, go, go. And this is what this does. It gives us this energy. And look over in Philippians 2. Let's read those. Are y'all understanding? I mean, maybe God, maybe God will speak to somebody's heart this morning and show them, give them a real revelation of resurrection power, of resurrection power. They really get it in their life. And say, man, this is incredible. I didn't know I had all this going. You know? And that's what I'm praying for me. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. These are great verses in the Bible. Cause so much confusion. People just misuse verse 12 into the dirt. But they're messed up. Lord bless them. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with tr- fear and trembling. Okay? See, when people get messed up, they read that verse, oh, man, I've got to work this thing out. And that work there is really talking about literally doing something working. It ain't talking about the energy thing. It's another Greek word all the years. Like, oh, I've got to do all this. Here's the problem. Verse 12 and verse 13 should not be two verses. I'm not bashing Bible translators. And the way they did things. But those verses go together. You can't have verse 12 without verse 13. You can't have verse 13 without verse 12. They're connected. Because he says, you know, work out your own salvation. For it is God. Let me, let me tell you that word for. That word is like a, I think it's, they call it a preposition, Miss Reese, that says this is the reason. Is that what a preposition is? You mean, in other words, he said something, and now this is the reason you can work out your salvation. That's what for means. A better word, in my opinion, is because. In fact, they translate it because in other places. Because it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Work out your own salvation with fear and truth because God is working in you. All right. 
If God who works, that word means energy. God, for it's God who's energizing you. He's energizing force in you, both to will and it says and to do. That's the same word energy too. Okay, let me read it, uh, a, a better literal translation of that verse. Because it is God who is the energizing force in you, not upon you like the other power. This one's inside of you. It's cooking in you. Both to release the knowledge of what He wants and then to supply the energy to what pleases Him most. That's what that energy does. That's what that aspect of the, of the resurrection does. It, no, it's, it's this energy that gives you the ability to know what God wants you to do with your life. But it just don't say God's called you to go to Africa and work it out, pal, however you can get there. I hope the heck you make it. You know, you don't get AIDS and all that stuff. But it says not only that, but God has got this energy in you that will get you there. You're not drawn on human strength. You're not drawn on human knowledge. It's God in you, this energy, this living thing inside of you that's cooking in you. And you can get around people who've got things cooking in them and you know it affects you. I heard this story recently about this guy. He was saying he likes to discover what people's passions are. And he was with this old guy. And he couldn't, you know, he'd ask him, all, well, what about your family? And it was all just some dull, you know, miserable, boring discussion about everything in life until he started talking about tomato plants. And he said, this guy, when he got through talking to him about tomatoes, he said, I'm wanting to start growing tomato plants. Because the guy has such a passion. He had this energy in him. And it was the energy from God that put him in this man to go and develop tomato plants. I mean, that sounds crazy, but God does stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? There's this energy and there's this passion that will be released in your life. We're the most energyless bunch of Christians in the world. We don't have this energy. We don't have this thing. We don't have passion for the Lord. Okay? And the reason we don't is because we're not tapping into His energy. And when people get around people who have this passion, this energy, this operational in them, it's not something they're trying to do. It's just alive in them. It affects people. It'll make you want to go grow tomatoes. You know that's the way to affect this guy. So whatever God requires of us, He gives us the internal energy to do it. It comes back from the resurrection. It, it started there. See why that resurrection power is so important? That we realize we have this. You have it. I have it. We all have it. The youngest Christian in this room has it. We just got to realize it and say, okay, I'm going to start living my life like that. Let's start releasing this power. Let's start seeing this power. All right, the third word was he used was, was mighty. Okay? Mighty. Everybody say mighty. That, this is back in Ephesians that I read to you, the four words. All right, mighty means the muscle strength of God's kingdom. This is cool. The muscle strength of God's kingdom that bound the strength of death and made it for, possible for Jesus to come out alive. This kind of power enables us to overcome Satan. That's the power. That's an aspect of resurrection. It's muscle. You, you know, it's like this is word fortification that's used in the Greek. You know, like fortified with eight vitamins iron. You know, cereal. They fortify. They put, this, they put these vitamins and iron in cereal. That's what God did at the resurrection in Christ. He fortified us and put this power in us that when Satan comes... You know what, Satan? You better not. Because i got this muscle of the resurrection operational in my life. You come mess around me, I'm going to put a headlock on you. 
and I'm going to squeeze your head until you pass out. Let's look at Ephesians 6.10. I mean, we can get bold. If you are operating from that power, I'm not talking about your human power, because if you try to grab Satan in your human power, guess what's going to happen? You're going to run away naked, crying and carrying on, exposed. They did it in the Bible. But when Paul came up that same bunch, these guys, seven sons of Sceva, that was trying to cast out this demon by the, you know, the Jesus who Paul preaches, I tell you to get out. Jesus we know, Paul we know, but we don't know your height, and we're going to show you. And they beat those boys badly, and they ran away naked. That's what the Bible says in Acts. Ran away naked, humiliated. They were preaching Jesus that Paul knows. Come on. We're talking about we operating in this power ourselves. So, yeah, Paul said, out, you're gone, pal. Because it wasn't Paul. It was this muscle of the kingdom that bound Satan that was operational in Paul. And it says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in who? In the Lord and the power of his muscle. So when we have to deal with the enemy when our kids are messed up or when we feel tempted, any temptation, any sins, we have the muscle to overcome them. We have it in us. It's not us. I don't have to fight sin. I don't have to fight temptation. I can call on this power resident inside of me and say, I can't. I'm being really tempted. I want to slap Becky real hard. <laughs> I wouldn't be tempted to do that. She'd beat me up. But say you did. I'd just like to slap her. Say you did. You can say, Lord, I, I mean, I'm going to slap her if you don't do something. I'm just going to submit myself to you. It's wrong to think that. It's a sin to think that. But I'm going to do it because I don't have the strength and the Lord will release it by faith. He'll release it. No, you're not. You bind those thoughts, you pull that thing down by His muscle. You hear what I'm saying to you? His muscle, not my muscle. It's all about the Lord. All this is about Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 1.10 that God's ultimate purpose is to sum everything up into Christ. Everything. And the church has gone wrong because we try to do everything outside of Christ. But when we get in Him and begin to realize that all this stuff is ours in Him. It's ours. Let's get it. Let's tap into our inheritance and our wealth and start living it. And our Christianity will work. It really will. This last one is, uh, it said, he uses the word there in Ephesians, is power. This is the power of taking control and setting up a new government. The power of taking control and setting up a new government. Now, that, this is really important because I don't believe any of this stuff is going to work in us until we do one thing. Danny, come here. Until we do one thing. Is, you see, God wants to set up a government. All righty? Now, stand right there, Danny. Just stand there for a second. Look back. You're in Ephesians still, right? Or you're close to it. Look over in Ephesians 3. Is the Lord speaking to anybody in here? This is what Paul was saying. Ephesians 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from whom we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working, that's His energy, by which He is able even to, what? Subdue. All things to Himself. Let me just tell you something. God is going to subdue everything. Sooner or later, every knee shall bow. Every, I mean, you can be the most hideous person in this room, but I'm going to tell you, you have a date with destiny. 
Sooner or later, the thing in you that's not subdued, God's going to come subdue it. And it may have to be sad. It may be last on the last day. But here's how we do it right now. It's just real simple. Yield. That's how God subdues us right now. See, God ain't going to force us. All He wants us to do is yield. And if we will yield to this power and let it, it'll work. I'm telling you, this is the secret. Here's the secret. Number one, you get sick and tired of doing it yourself. Recognize, I'm a failure. I'm always going to be a failure. When I'm 98 years old, I'm still going to be the same failure. You've got to come to that. And you've got to get tired of trying. You've got to get wore out. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you, then you yield yourself to Christ. You say, okay, I believe that you want to do it for me. You want to do it through me. So I guess it would be, get sick and tired, believe what the Bible says about this. And then the third thing is this, is yield. Every morning you get up and you yield. Every morning you get up and you believe. Every morning you think about how sorry your Christian life is without Christ. And how tired it feels to you when you think about having to do it. That's right, you go, oh man. I ain't got to do that no more. I'm glad I don't have to go sit out here and read the Bible. I don't have to read it. I really don't. I do not have to read the Bible. I do not have to pray. Stay right here. <laughs> Stay, you know, I want you to turn around. I get, to, I get to be tired. I get to believe. I get to yield. And when I do that, God goes to work. And I believe He'll release those four aspects of His resurrection power in our life. Now, we have to grow in it. It's not going to be like some instant, you know, blinding bolt of light is going to slam you, and you all of a sudden everything's going to be different. I'm not preaching that. I'm saying, but I want to start somewhere. If I can get a day, if I can get two days, if I can get five days out of seven where I'm yielded and Christ is doing it through me, then it was better than seven Sorry days of trying to be a Christian and failing. Because whether you know it or not, if you're trying, you're failing. That's the truth. Whether you know it or not. And one day, one day, the reality is going to come. And it's, I told you about this. I counseled this young man recently who, when I t he told me what he'd been doing in the last year of trying to make God happy. And I said, that was just a big waste of time. That's what I told him, and he busted out crying on me. You mean I've wasted the last year of my life trying to make God happy? I said, you have absolutely wasted the last year of your life. No question you have. But don't cry for yourself. Cry for me because I wasted 27 years. You should be crying for me. That's who needs to be tears shed for. Quit trying to make him happy. He is already happy. He already loves you. He already has you sitting on his lap. It's already done. It's a completed work. We don't have to. We can walk out of that into life. And that's what, that's what, amen, that's what Christ's life is like. Those four aspects. Power, working, mighty power. It is the good news. It is the best news in the world. It's the gospel for the Christian. Jesus Christ says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. You try to do it outside of me, you're going to fail. Church, let, let's, let's get in Him like that. Let's go for this thing. Let's say we're going to go for it. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. When God began to speak it to me, it was little. But you know what I said to God? 
I believe that's you, and I'm going for it. That's all I said to him. It was a tiny little revelation. I mean, most people said, that's no revelation. It was just like this, somebody just cracked this teeny hole I saw just for a second, a moment. Oh, no. I've had this thing backwards. But I said, that's God. I'm going for it. And when I did, it just gets bigger. It's growing. And I think there's no end to Christ being our life. I think there's no end to Christ being the truth. I think there's no end to Christ being the way. And this is the honest truth, and I'm going to end. I know I just keep saying a lot of stuff over and over. But I have always loved to read the Bible as a Christian. And I think that was a gift of God. Okay? I really feel like that was not had nothing to do with me. God just put a desire in me to read the Bible. You know? But now the Bible is like a different book to me. And that is the truth. I'm seeing stuff in the Bible I have never seen in my life. And you know why? Because I'm allowing the mind of Christ to read the Bible through my mind, through my eyes. And suddenly He starts showing me stuff that was never there. Or He connects me up with somebody who has something that says something to me, and I think, wow, that's profound. That's God talking to me through this other person. And I see it in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And, now, and I'm learning about prayer. Oh, you know, just some boring, dead, old, crummy prayer. It's not like that. It's just talking to God as you live your life. And the whole thing really draws you closer to God. That's the wonderful thing about it. It makes you love God more. It makes you want to be around God more. And you hear Him talking to you more. And that's the things that we desire in our lives. So I'm telling you what I am declaring to you. I'm living it. And I may live in it down here on a low level. I'm not claiming I'm some expert. I don't want to be an expert. I think when you get to be an expert, you're, you're disqualified. I want to stay down here. I want to stay. God, I need you. God, I'm helpless. God, I don't have it together. I want to stay at that point in my life every day. And God will speak to you. God will do it through you. I promise he, you, he, you He will. Amen? Amen? So, Christ the sum of all things. Just stay there, Danny. <laughs> what I'd like to do is like to ask the worship team to come back up and just end on worship. Is that good? Yeah, Amy. And uh, Danny's going to stay right here. So you'll get a good visual of this important spiritual truth of yielding. And um, yeah, Danny. We can't afford one of those fancy projectors, so we just get Danny to do it live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It says this. Everyone who thirsts, come to the water. Amen. Thirst. Thirst is a gift from God. Spiritual thirst. If you don't have it, just say, God, give me spiritual thirst. For you shall go out with joy. Woo! And be led forth, or be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing. Amen. Now, let us see it. She said, let us see it. Danny, you stay there. <laughs> Just stay right there, Danny. <laughs> see, I'm not good at doing some things. I'm clumsy. Yeah. Danny, you stay with your back. I want you all to look at this. I think that's prophetic. I believe that it's talking about the mountains and the hills breaking forth. The earth, the world is waiting on, the, I'm telling you, the world is waiting on Christians who get this message. They are starving for us. 
They're starving, but they're not starving for us what we got. They're starving for what is in us. And if it can be released in us, I believe it will cause such joy in the earth that it will be ridiculous. And we're going to need it in the days to come. So that really is really excellent. That's great. Isn't that good? Let's give her a hand. So we're going to end on worship. You know, you can leave whenever your heart desires. Lord bless you and make all this real in your life.